0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Seventh Man Podcast. I'm Will Beverina, and I'm the chief editor of Dimer2k.com.
1: I am Josiah Cohen. I am an editor of Dimer2k.com, and I do some things for the Warriors, too.
2: And I'm Len, and I'm the senior analyst here at Dimer2k, and uh, or for Dimer2k.com. And it's been a while.
0: It has been a while. Uh, it's been a long, long time. Since we've done this, um, our last podcast was back in mid-August when we skewered our own season two mega preview that feels like forever ago. But, uh, if you haven't checked that out yet, you definitely should. Um, but we are back for episode 29. You can check out all of our previous episodes on our YouTube channel. Just search for the seventh man podcast, iTunes, Podbean, and Spotify, as well as always, we want to thank anyone listening to us for all the support. It is always appreciated. Um, plenty has happened in the two and a half months since we did the last pod, so uh, here we are. Um, sorry, there's been such a a huge gap, but uh, you know it's it's been some interesting times in the NBA 2K League. Um, why don't we start with the expansion draft which itself feels pretty long ago at this point um uh gen g and hornets venom gt the two teams in there um josiah you can't do much discussion on this and that's okay len what are your opinions on how both these two uh new expansion teams did
2: Uh, I think they both did well, um, to, to, to be as, um, straightforward about it as, as possible, but no, I mean, to get more in depth about it, I think, um, I think both teams did really well, uh, I think it went, uh, pretty close to as I expected, I, you know, I was expecting type to go first, I was expecting, uh, ZDS, uh, to get traded back to Philly, um, by one of the two teams it ended up being gen g um but yeah i think i think both did well i like i like what um hornets venom did by bringing in uh you know their franchise guy and type who um was great over at the uh over in golden state with um those guys last year but uh i think also bringing in strainer i think you know a lot of people were talking about uh profusion this draft and for him to not get drafted and people take strainer i i i favor um strainer's style of play uh as opposed to some of the other sharps who maybe get a little bit more recognition just because he can handle the ball a little bit better so I, th- I think maybe the hornets had something uh you know evaluated that or evaluated his style uh just like that uh and i think they favored that a little bit more but yeah i i think both did well uh gen g getting um two picks uh to go with turn up defense and then you know they have the the other two picks that they have uh that so they kept their first and their second then they added a first and a second by trading zds yeah i mean there's a lot going on i feel like i'm i'm all over the place right now but i mean there was just for it to be just six picks it seemed like it was uh you know quite a bit going on yeah, I mean, uh, I,
0: I particularly like the Gen G draft, even though they, they only got one person turn up defense. That's a good pick, though, right? Um, I mean, that's a, a pretty good, you know, guy to, to start your franchise with. Um, we know he's a solid player, won a championship in season two, um, a guy who's going to be good in the locker room. And then they kind of just kick the can down the road a bit with making a bunch of big decisions about their franchise right so you get zds with your second pick um they got the 22nd overall pick and then also the 76ers second round pick um in in exchange for zds so basically what you're doing is gen g right now they don't have a head coach Um, they don't have an announced gm or anything like that a lot of that is still up in the air Um, so basically what they're doing is saying we're going to leave all those big roster building decisions until the entry draft and and let the people that we're going to bring in kind of shape what we're going to do and what our identity is going to be and what kind of players we want which i think is really smart you know if you don't have the the people there right now why make a bunch of decisions before you have the people you want who come in so um i, I like what gen g did in that aspect the hornets kind of took a bit of uh they were kind of somewhere in the middle um you know obviously they have their people in place they have big west they have nacho trainer uh two guys who know what they're doing two guys very involved in the community so they get two very good players in type and strainer um i I think if you could pick um any any two players that you want in this expansion draft that's one of the best combinations you could get i think um type obviously a, a fantastic player defensive stalwart uh strainer um, showing some versatility with the Cavs, um, very good sharpshooter. It's able to handle the ball. Um, so they took a bit of a half measure um, from what Gen G did. They pick up Mo, ship him off to back to Dallas for the 18th overall pick, which I think is a, a fine and savvy move. So yeah, I, honestly, it's I like what both of them did, and it seems that. They were both smarter than maybe some of the expansion teams from last year and what they did.
2: Yeah. And that's, uh, yeah. As you were talking, I started thinking, and I'm like, in comparison to last year's expansion teams where we saw teams maybe reach for a point guard or even similar to, uh, you know the similarity between Gen G and Nets GC both selecting you know lockdowns from championship teams. I think the difference in that is that Gen G still keeps their flexibility and and being able to um, you know have more options to surround turn up defense with. Whereas Nets GC, um, you know, they selected Shocky and he ended up not even being a you know their starting center halfway into the year. So. I, yeah I think definitely like in compar- in comparison to how the draft went last year and seeing how it went this year it seemed these teams were a little bit more um i don't want to say prepared because uh, yeah I, I I definitely know pre- preparation went into it last year it just seems maybe teams uh adapted to how the the league uh showed it could be in season two and uh seeing what they needed to do for season three.
0: Yeah, and I will say, in in defense of those teams last year, I think there there was more talent available in this year's uh, draft pool for the expansion teams. So that I think definitely has something to do with it. Um, but yeah, uh, I think we both agree, pretty good moves by Genji and the Hornets. Of course, the expansion draft kicked off the NBA 2K League trade window. Teams wasted no time in. Uh, just absolute chaos the first couple of days. Um, We're not going to go over every single trade, but there are definitely some interesting ones from this trade window, more interesting than others. Len, what was the most interesting trade of this window to you?
2: Uh, I think, yeah, um, there's a couple that come to mind, but I think the most interesting is probably... Probably the trade that happened between Hawks, Talon, and Kingsguard. Um, You know, BP, the trade ended up being BP, the Kings' second-round pick, and the Kings' fourth-round pick for Dat Boy Shots, who was the first selection in last year's expansion draft. Um, The Hawks' first-round pick this year, which happens to be third overall, and the Hawks' second-round pick this year. So... uh, the Kings were basically able to, um, you know, get get a player in shots uh, who maybe, you know, I mean, he showed he could be the best player on a team. Uh, maybe not uh, contending wise. Uh, you could you could point to reasons for maybe not having a point guard or things of that sort. So bringing him in and then getting a high pick, uh, you can definitely see that they have an opportunity to to uh, you know still have that. Still have shots be potentially your best player, or bringing a point guard who's your best player, but still have a t- very talented player in shots who was, I think he was voted number, you know the league did that um, top twenty-five most glitchy or whatever that I think the players uh, voted on, and he, he still voted number thirteen even after this down year. So I think people still know he's a he's a great talent, a great player, uh, but. At the position that he plays uh it's hard to um dictate a game so much uh if you know other more important positions are lacking so uh i, I find it very interesting uh that the kings first off were willing to move bp because he was an mvp candidate and a rookie of the year candidate uh was for majority of the year and uh you know, they were able to make the playoffs too, which uh, they were actually a bottom three team the year before. So uh, yeah, I, this this whole deal, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because there's so many picks involved. Uh, there's so many ways it could go. Um, but yeah, I think that was definitely the most interesting trade uh, in the trade window so far.
0: Yeah, for the Hawks, I mean, you could see why they made this trade from there. You, you can understand it from their perspective. Whether you think they won the trade or lost the trade, or if you think both teams, you know, got plenty out of it, um, they had a lot of issues at the point guard position in their first year. Uh they drafted Dev Goss. Um, don't know if he was ever intended to be the starting point guard or the guy. They drafted him fifteenth overall. Um they tried Rando at that spot, but he's more of a natural sharpshooter. They traded Dev Goss, brought in Mr. Styles from Detroit. He was not great um, at all in season two. So, you know, they have the third overall pick. And so you're like, they can get that point guard, you know, in the draft at third overall. But at the same time, they're probably thinking... We don't want any more questions. We saw what happened. We brought in Mr. Stry- Mr. Styles. He was the fourth overall pick. He didn't work out at all. So why don't we just bring in a known entity, a guy that we know is good, um, a guy who was on the MVP ballot, uh, the presumed Rookie of the Year runner-up. Why don't we just just get our guy? Let's build around him. And and that's definitely that's definitely the rationale that they wanted. And, and we know also, by the way, re, we reported that both Shots and Rando wanted out, right? So you're, you're killing two birds with one stone here. You're getting your point guard and you're shipping off an unhappy player, a guy who didn't want to be there in Atlanta. Now, giving up the third overall pick uh, along with Shots is a very heavy price to pay for all of that for the Kings this is um, such an incredible deal for them uh, because we know BP wanted out right and, and it wasn't just the preseason trade request that we reported before season two right there were issues during the season as well with BP he made it very clear he didn't want to be in Sacramento um, he wanted to be on the East Coast so, you get you you ship him off. You get a very good player in Dapboy Shots, <laughs> a fantastic player, a guy who was the best best player on the Hawks last year, and you get the third overall pick to fill that sudden point guard void that you have, along with a high second round pick. By the way, I mean that's uh, just an incredible deal from the Kings all the way their six man is going to be, like, chosen with the 27th overall pick or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's, a- yeah. along with, you know, Yusuf Scarbs, who um, proved to be extremely valuable in Season 2, and uh, Ball-Like Seam. Um, I-, I mean, uh, the Kings are set up so well. This was just an incredible move on their part. Could not have worked out any better for them.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. And yeah, I mean, to to even talk, you know, you brought up the third overall pick being a steep price. Uh, prior to them then moving Rando a, a few days later, um, they didn't have a first round pick. So yeah, you have BP, you would have Rando at that point, but you'd have no first round pick to pair with them. So it's still, uh, you know, it was still kind of a question. And then a couple of days pass, and then they end up trading um, Rando to the Nets. And in return for that, they were actually getting the uh, first-round pick of the Pacers this year, which they uh, received for trading Nate Call to the Pacers uh, that N- the Nets did. Um, so, uh, so now I, I you know, I, I'm trying to picture the the draft order in my head. I think it's like 16th overall or something like that. Yeah. So their first pick this year is going to be 16th overall. You pair that with BP. Uh, you would assume uh that they're not going to bring arsenal back and that they're going to try and get a center with that pick right there um maybe maybe i don't know i mean last year they didn't prove to me that they can evaluate talent uh to find uh the perfect fits later in you know later in those rounds uh, i think the the good thing about having that third overall pick would have been you know you, you kind of get walked into um into into a selection there where people you know where it's easier a little bit easier to evaluate talent to at the top top uh part of the draft uh you know that can go wrong as well as we saw with mr styles but uh but yeah so i mean just in general the the hawks i'm i i get the you know as you said i get the direction i get the not wanting to have any more questions i want uh wanting to solidify the point guard position and then and then building around that um but yeah, I mean it, it's uh, there's de- there's definitely you know this could go wrong for any team any of these picks, they could go wrong for any team, but I just think uh, you know it's fair to analyze it and say, um, you know it, the, 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 the likelihood the likelihood of of being successful with with the direction you're going is a little less likely um, in my opinion with the, with uh, the Hawks. Uh, with the Kings, as you said, uh, they're now going to have the third overall pick. They'll have the 17th overall pick, and then they'll have the 27th overall pick uh, to uh, pair those three picks with already great players and shots. Seam and Yusuf. Um, that's you know that that seems like a, a, a significantly more uh, optimistic scenario for me.
1: The, the the kings last pick is the 26th overall pick as it stands right now 26
2: oh so it's yeah so even better yeah <laughs> jeez um no you...
1: because because the celtics uh, the celtics uh retained bully they lost their first round pick and
2: oh so it up, jumps up, that uh... up the 26 uh that's interesting hmm. okay yeah yeah no you... speaking of which the celtics uh well i was going to
0: say you bring up a good point len about just to to stay uh-huh. on this saying real quick yeah. you you have bp yeah. that's all well and good but now you have to build around him and has this team proven that they can do that okay they drafted shots you you, you look at their best players from last season they drafted shots first overall in the expanded draft he was consensus one overall it no one else was going to be drafted at that position anyone could have come in and done that getting rando 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 was good all right that was that was a good pick in the second round. The rest, um a little bit shaky. Arsenal, you know, he was fine. Um he he's not, you know, a kind of game changing player, but he, he, you know, went and did his role well. Do you trust the Hawks to build around BP? And I, I you know, it We'll see. We'll see. They have the sixteenth overall pick. Um I, I think that's it's gonna be a bit of a a reloading year for the hawks in season three i don't see them doing much this year unless they somehow get a bunch of real diamonds in the rough but i think the plan is a little more long term where maybe you get a high pick at the end of next season and and you can build round bp so
2: I think I think I'll see if it gets to that point. I think it's a failure. We bring up um, shots and Rando asking for trades. Uh, Let's not forget that BP asked for a trade before a single game was played. So if imagine if um, you know the scenario gets bad enough where they have a top top three pick again next year, uh, it's hard to imagine BP won't be uh, uh, shaking the basket. Or I can't think of any type of analogy. But you know. Imagine if BP's not happy as we saw, he can't, you know, as we saw he's prone to be sometimes. So uh, it, I, it's hard for me to imagine that, you know, this is uh, favorable at all for the Hawks. If it does get to a scenario where it becomes a long-term solution or long-term plan. Yeah. We'll
0: see. Um, it, it's, it, it's an aggressive move by the Hawks. We'll leave it at that. Um, you mentioned the Celtics though. They made some moves uh, so far in this off season. Um, first, they traded for Moam from the Heat for a second round pick. Then they retained Bully for a first round pick. They have their starting five already. They have a fourth round pick to get their sixth man. Um, you got Fab, Mel East, no autographs, Moam, and Bully. Um, what do you think about their moves, Len?
2: Um, I mean, they made the semifinals last year. Um, so it's hard to imagine uh, wanting to blow it up too much. But for a team to just make the semifinals, uh, you'd think that they'd look for more progressive moves. But maybe they um, maybe they believe that Bully kind of had a slow start to last year and he can be even better this year. Um, same for Moem. Uh, a lot of people were high on profusion coming into the offseason. They think he had a good, good year last year. But I think it's starting to get out that maybe people believe that he um, – was a little bit more successful due to playing with a point guard like Fab. Uh, so with that, why don't you bring in a point guard who, or why don't you bring in a, another shooter who maybe has more chemistry with Fab, who uh, maybe the Celtics believe has more upside than perfusion and their system. And, uh, you know, didn't play with a point guard like Fab last year. And so I think maybe that's what you're getting here with Moam, uh, who did have an underwhelming season two. Uh, but, him and fab are best friends. I mean, he, they, this is another, this is one of those teams where literally five got. you know, all five guys have, have played together, uh, prior to this league ever becoming a thing. So you put these, you know, this chemistry, uh, with these five guys together. And, um, I see the room for optimism, but I also see why People people could be skeptical about it, too, and just saying, okay, you see Grizz Gaming getting better. You see um, uh, 76ers uh, bringing everybody back. You see, you know, the t- let's see what the T-Wolves do in this entry draft. Um, and the Celtics are kind of uh, being stagnant. Uh, but... Again, who knows? They they might believe in the upside of um, Fab playing a whole year of pro am and playing with people he wants to play with. They're all playing together in pro am. Who knows? It might uh, it might work out. Uh, it's inter- it, it's definitely interesting that they are the first team to already have their starting five. Seeing how last year went um, with them not being the best team, uh, obviously. So, uh, but. I I could see both sides of it for sure.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot to unpack here with with their moves. Um, The Celtics season was an interesting one, to say the least. Um, Terrible starts, extremely hot finish, lost to the 76ers in the semifinals. Um, So they're a good team. Obviously, they were a good team in season two. And so at the same time, Based on Season 2 performance alone, um, I think the MoAM trade is fine. You know, that's just kind of the market to get a retained guy like that. You give up a second-round pick, that's fine. Um, And they preferred him over Profusion. Uh, I think the Celtics are the only team in the league who, based on Season 2 alone, would have kept Bully for a first-round pick. Um, That move, it's... I don't know when, when you look at them all together, you mentioned how maybe they, uh, it doesn't seem like the most progressive moves to me. It, it almost seems like a lateral move, right? Like, um, and, and there's plenty to be said about their semifinals team, you know, they, they were really good. You have fab and now you have all this chemistry. These are all guys who have played together in Pro Am, and all of that, um, At the same time, you don't think you could have done better than Bully with that first round pick. Where exactly are you going to slot all these guys in, right? Um, I I don't think, I don't even know if it's even clear yet uh, where all these guys are actually going to fit in when it comes to the roster. Is Metalisca going to move back to power forward? Are they going to try Bully at lock again? Um, Is Bully going to be a sharpshooter? In in that case, where does Moam go? And, you know, we don't know. The meta yet right we have no clue what the meta is going to be like in the league in the league obviously we know what what 2k20 pro-am retail is like but that doesn't translate one to one what what the league build and what the league meta is going to be like so and you know they have their starting five they can build some chemist some more chemistry together get some reps in playing to be said for that but you know have have they raised their ceiling, right? Have they raised their ceiling with these moves? I don't know if they have. Um, and and I know Rico and, and them aren't going to be happy with me saying that, but it feels like a lateral move to me. Um, it feels a little unambitious even. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know, uh, maybe Bully Will be better. um He was he was fine after he made that move to power forward. um Other than that, he was just a black hole on offense at that lockdown position. um So, we'll. we'll on defense. Yeah, he on was, defense, he wasn't, he, good, he wasn't that yeah. great on defense either, um, and and probably yeah. one of the worst shooting locks in the league. So, Bully's gonna have to improve a lot from his season two performance obviously they like the guy a lot they drafted him eighth overall in the season two draft Um, so you're gonna have to hope that he is a lot better in season three and that he can fit in where you want him to fit in so that you can put Mel East where you want to put him
2: I and I think that they're making I think that that's the statement they're making right now is that they believe he can step up this year obviously you know bringing him back for a first-round pick is pretty steep. Um, so I think in order to do that, you would have to believe that he can become, you know, sort of like a game-changing player for you guys. Yeah. But well, this makes me think, though. Could you imagine, we brought up the expansion draft, could you imagine if Gen G knew that those Celtics wanted Bully this bad, <laughs> and, you know, instead of tabling that third-round pick, they take Bully knowing that they could trade for Celtics' first-round pick? I mean... That'd be interesting.
0: Yeah, Maybe. Um, but then you know would the Celtics want to give up you know like a first and a second to bring back bully because then you can't do the Moamp move? I don't know. It, it, it'd have an interesting ripple effect, but um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean I mean the Celtics could very easily I think still go on, make the finals, win it all even. Um, but you think about like the 76ers, from season one made the semifinals they lose feast to the expansion draft and they bring back their core who they get with their first round pick breadwinner and now it's very unlikely that a guy like breadwinner is going to fall to you at that pick a guy of of breadwinner's talent is going to fall to you at that pick but
2: but bully's not feast either yeah right
0: i don't know i don't know um yeah
2: i I I understand i I
0: understand it from the celtic like i i completely get everything they're going for um just to me i don't know i don't know i I, i'm not sure if it's no lateral
2: lateral is fair man i think calling it a lateral move or you know i think that's fair to say that right now yeah all right we don't know what bully we don't know what bully could be. So I mean, if he does step up, then yeah. If no autographs, you know, becomes even better this year. If Mel East becomes, you know, then yeah, the, you know, we we saw more and more players develop in season two. Like we saw Lavish Phenom step into the lock role and become a game changer for Blazer Five. Like it can happen. Um, yeah, that's a very fair. Point. Are we gonna are we are we are we gonna assume it? No. It's so it's fair to say it seems like a lateral move right now.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, what what else what else was interesting? How about uh the Pistons bringing back Ramo? That's what,
2: yeah. That's what I was thinking.
0: That's gonna say. um you know, they they trade him last year for the 4th overall pick. They bring him back this year for the 4th overall pick. What do you think of it, Len?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a uh if there was any team that I heard um traded the 4th overall pick for Ramo this year, I would believe uh that Pistons was that team. Pistons GT was that team. It, uh, to me, uh, this seems kind of like a, um, you know, write uh, my wrong, let's write our wrong kind of deal here, which, you know, that's that's great and all. I, I just think it's maybe a move that's uh, maybe past the, you know, a little behind the times. Um, I think Ramo's a great player. Uh, And at the time that they made the deal, um, they still needed a point guard. They ended up trading for JT. So you have that reunion, Space Jam reunion, of having JT and Ramo play together. So, I mean, this could go, like, my mind is racing right now, even thinking about this whole thing, just because if they are to win with this team, it's going to be in the most unorthodox way ever. Um, But we saw that work in Season 1 but season one's meta was also very skewed as well. Like as we saw Pistons made the playoffs in season one, they didn't really have the best point guard. They had Doza. Uh, Wizards with JT made the um, playoffs in season one. Uh, And it seemed like in a similar scenario where uh, Boo Painter was who Ramo is for JT now, uh, where he's kind of, you know, he'll be able to help him out in in parts where he's not uh, capable, but, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I looking at the move uh it makes a little bit of sense to me, you know. I I can see why you bring in a player like JT to play with Ramo because it allows Ramo to play to his abilities and being more of a ball dominant forward. Um uh, where and and JT could kind of play that supportive role to him and it allows JT to to be that and it can help in have in have effects of, you know, ramo helping him in that instance but it's a point guard driven league and you need a point guard man so uh it'll be interesting to see if it works out uh i i if i had to put my money on it i say it won't but ramo's a great player he was first team all 2k league last year um yeah I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, my mind's racing with this deal. Cause there's a lot of confusing things, even bringing back Joseph, the truth, maybe, you know, he, he's a, you know, great teammate to have around there and stuff, but you know, and they, uh, was it a fourth round pick that they give up bringing him back?
0: Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. So, okay. So then bringing back Joseph, the truth really isn't that, uh, b- b- that big of a head scratcher, um, because you know that potentially you're basically you know there's the security blanket of him just being your six man, and if he's a great teammate there and you like having him around, that's fine. But it'll you know J- JT and Ramo, it'll just be you know JT was very disappointing. Uh, last year uh, and he wasn't that great season one either. Uh, some speculated that, you know, he might not even be back this year, um, but a team's taking a chance on him. He's, you know, been very vocal and understanding his shortcomings the last year. So uh, who knows, he, maybe he'll work hard and, and get back. Right. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I could, I could see it going, you know, wouldn't be shocked if they're 500 wouldn't be shocked if they sneak into the playoffs uh, but my expectation is, is, uh, it's not going to be, uh, that successful. Uh,
0: I don't, I don't know about playoffs. Um, we'll, we'll see how JT does in, in Detroit. I say that,
2: I say, yeah, I say that very like, uh, it's just a weird team. I'm not saying uh, like, it's just such a weird s- scenario. Yeah. I yeah. That,
0: I, I it, it is an interesting situation for Detroit. Um, you know, I, obviously they didn't trade Ramo last year because they didn't believe in his talent. Something went on behind the scenes there, right? He he wanted out. Yeah. Management wanted out. Wanted him out. We don't know. They traded him. What's done is done. Um. Obviously, you know it, they need a point guard. Uh, you have the fourth overall pick, or you 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 have, you know, a high pick. It didn't exactly work out last time last year. You draft Mister Styles with the fourth overall pick. Doesn't work out. Maybe they felt a little burned by that. So they say, we don't want to go to the draft again because we could get another guy like Mr. Styles who doesn't work out. I think it's perfectly fine to say, let's just accept this for what it is. Let's get a franchise player back, right? You start with that that one building block, that one cornerstone. It's a situation like the Hawks, I think, where they're not going to be ready this year. But you get Ramo and a high pick for next year, and then you may have something going. Um, And it came out um, um, before the trade window, we reported Ramo wanted out. Um, He wanted more input in team decision making, wanted to feel more like a franchise player. Um, Obviously, if he's going to Detroit and he seems happy to be back in Detroit, they're going to allow all that to happen right and he seems to to ramo has seemed to make it clear now that he wants to be there for the long haul all right so they're they're punting this season and that's fine um and they're gonna just try to go for it in the season following and that sucks you've had two lost seasons now basically but that's just how it goes um but you got your guy now in ramo you have a true franchise player And that's more than a lot of people can say, right? That's more than plenty of teams can say. So you're doing well there. Um, For the Pacers, it's sneakily very, very interesting um, in that I've I've talked with Josiah about this before and the position that the Pacers were in, where Cody Parent, he waits until the fourth round in the season one draft to get his point guard, goes for Gunnar, It doesn't work out season two he has a fourth overall pick trades it for ramo which is understandable fine um a a trade everyone said uh everyone agrees was a good trade they wait until the third round in the season two draft to get their point guard okay so now they're in this position where they have ramo they have wolf they have swizerk they're a good team they're gonna make the playoffs are they a good enough team to win the championship was always the question and maybe they were um the 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 past two seasons have have told us that you need a really really good point guard to win the championship but that doesn't necessarily mean that they couldn't have won a championship with ramo and a game manager at point guard but at the same time it's also very likely that they were on a treadmill right that they were just going to make the playoffs every year, and they weren't going to have a real shot at winning it all because they didn't have a franchise point guard. So, Ramo wants out. So, what do you do? You get a high pick. If they don't pick a point guard with this pick, I don't even know what to say anymore, but it's like 99, oh, they 99% they're going to yeah. pick a point guard now, right? Because yeah. they need yeah. a guy. You've, you've tried... To find a diamond in the rough, two seasons in a row now, and you've had a ton of problems with that. They played Wolf at point guard in season one. They they tried to, but they tried different things in season two. You need you just need a guy there, because when they haven't had that point guard there, it's caused problems for the rest of the lineup where they've had to do all this shuffling. So um it, it it was an interesting puzzle i think for the pacers and i think this is a fine move for them you're saying like like you just traded ramo right you just traded ramo away uh obviously a really good player a guy voted the fifth best player in the league by his peers the best non-point guard, right but like, I, I, I think it might have actually been the right move where I think both teams win in this kind of trade.
2: Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I mean, for me, um, yeah, I've, I've sort of become a, a bit critical of, of Ramos' play style as well. I, I feel like, you know, we brought up how, um, you know, oh, maybe the Pacers could have won with a game-managing point guard. In my opinion, he doesn't allow a point guard to even become a game-managing point guard. He doesn't allow a point guard to manage the game at all. So I think um, in the direction that the Pacers want to move, uh, where they they want to get a top point guard, uh, I think also moving Ramo out of the situation uh, benefits them as well because he can be very ball-dominant. And if you get one of these point guards who um, can't really work with that type of player... uh, I, I, I see I see nothing but benefits with that yeah he's a great player yeah he was rated number five by his peers but I think it's 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 pretty much known his his style of play and I think that that's why that it could be beneficial in Detroit and you get a player uh, like JT to go with him who has played with him forever and they understand each other's play styles and he understands that Ramo could be that for him I could see that being a little bit more um uh you know good for the for the Pistons. Whereas with, with the Pacers, I think, yeah, like moving on, bringing in another player like Nate to, uh, you know, now you have two guys who can play the lockdown position. They probably could both play the power four position. They're two high character guys. Uh, and they're two guys who will let the point guard do what the point guard needs to do. Uh, so yeah, I think I, I totally agree with you. I think at this point you, you could definitely say win, win for both sides.
0: Yeah. Um, very big trade. Uh, another really big trade. I, I like this was a big trade, um, but like, it it I don't know if it's actually like the most interesting trade though. Goofy to Grizz Gaming, in exchange for two first round picks and a second round pick, for Knicks Gaming.
2: So let me let me ask why why did, you you could start off this one. Why do you think it's not that? Uh, uh, I mean,
0: like it, it's just so understandable for both teams, right? Like, like, with the Pacers and yeah. Pistons, you can unpack the... There are a lot of levels to it for both sides, I think, as to, as to why they did that. With this, like, it's so seemingly obvious, right? Like, the Grizz Gaming... Like, Grizz Gaming just needed... They wanted another star player. Knicks Gaming, they they benched Goofy in Season 2. And so, you trade him for a boatload of picks. Like... It's it's not like it's not like that interesting in that aspect, you know. Obviously, it's interesting in that this was the most picks ever traded for a single player, uh, the first time that future picks have been traded. But like, like on, on a surface level, like it's so obvious why it was done for both sides, I
2: guess. See, really, I I I I kind of disagree. I think yeah, it's predictable that the Knicks were going to move on from Goofy, but um. He's going to a team that already had a center, you know. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of speculation going on that you know, Authentic African's been playing a lot more ball handler and pro-am this year. But um, still, it I, I I mean, until I heard heard about it, I I I would have never thought that Goofy was going to gris Gaming like Authentic African. Uh, it, a lot of people consider him a top center in this league. Uh, so I don't know if it's, if it's his decision to want to move the ball handler, uh, if he saw the opportunity for, that, for them to get Goofy and he felt he was versatile enough to move the ball handler so they could better their team uh, by bringing on a player like Goofy. Uh, so, I, yeah, I mean, I get it was predictable Goofy would be moved, but I still think that there are aspects of this that's like super interesting and like, um, you know, to be decided on how it'll work out.
0: I mean, yeah, with authentic African, I mean, like he's, uh, you could argue hes the most versatile player in the league, had high success at three different positions. Uh, I think it's fine if he wants to move to, I don't think it, it necessarily maximizes his talent. If you move him to secondary ball handler or whatever, or or we'll see what the meta holds for us. Um, obviously they're going to put Goofy at center. Goofy wants to be center. Um, it, so it's, it, you know, an interesting situation, I, I think would have been maybe authentic Africa at center, Goofy at power forward, but that's not going to happen. Um, so, I, I mean, but like you're talking about Goofy is a really good player. Uh, even, you know, the, the Knicks benched him and they still played pretty well um, arguably even better than when he was playing in season two, but at the same time, it's goofy. He's a really good player. Season one champion. Um, he what was he ninth overall pick in the first draft? So yeah, I, I, I mean, like there's that one question for Grizz gaming. What exactly does authentic African do? But yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah, no. And I think we pretty much agree. I, I, I just found it like I remember, I remember my feeling when I first found out that that's what was happening. Uh, my first question was just like, "What the hell?" Like, well, yeah, I mean, like you know, uh, in the yeah, moment, I just don't
0: know. it's like, "Oh my god!" Like, Goofy is moving to the Grizz for like all those picks. Like, "Oh my god!" Like trying to wrap your brain around that. But like, I was just saying, you know, it's not, it's not like a a Hawks Kings or a or Piston Spacers, where
2: yeah, yeah. there are
0: a bunch of levels to it. Right? Or it
2: totally changes the dynamic of the <laughs> yeah, team. It's like, yeah, for sure. It's
0: like, we know why the Grizz wanted Goofy. We know why the Knicks wanted all those picks. So, yeah, that was my point.
2: Yeah. Um, no, definitely. And, and you know,
0: th- there were some other trades, but I don't, I don't. Um, I think those were the most interesting of the offseason so far. Josiah, I know you've. it's just been killing you that you can't chime in. <laughs> on any of these. I, I know you're just They're, dying, dying to refute every single point I make.
1: There's, there's been a lot of yawning going on over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know,
0: don't snake us for a league job next time. And, you know, maybe yeah. you can talk. <laughs> I,
1: I, I hold it very important to, uh, to, uh, to work for a league job and, uh, and and still keep up my my Dimer community roots, uh, very grateful to the Warriors that they uh, that they let me do so. So nice PR response. Um, let's uh, what should we talk about
0: next? We, we had a couple other topics we wanted to talk about. What should we start with, Josiah? Since I, I know you're just dying to speak, what would you like to talk about?
1: I kind of want to talk about the World Series.
0: Well. The World Se- uh, I don't know. Fine, Len and I
1: will talk about the World Series and you just sort of hang out there quietly. The, uh,
0: I don't, I don't, um, yeah, I don't know man. it. I will. If, it's, you, it's if not, you really don't want to talk I don't about feel the World good. Series, what you want I don't that. feel good. I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about any oh, of, of about the World Series um, one. I'm I'm talking about the World Series. Max Scherzer. Um, Max.
1: If you you want context, there's there's no point. This this like two
0: hours ago, it was announced Max Scherzer was scratched from Game Five, Um, and uh, I've just been in a state of um, desolation ever since. But I
1: suppose there's no point harping uh, on it since by the time people get to hear this, uh, the result will be clear. But but here, just yes. tell the people, well, what's your what's your go-to? Like, how do you watch? How do you watch a Nationals World Series game? What, 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 what's your setup? How do you what's watch?
0: your setup? Oh For, yeah, I want to know that That's as a diehard
1: Nationals fan. What do you do? Well,
2: yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. Any rituals or anything? Um.
0: Well, mostly I've been watching. Most of the games have been on the weekdays, uh, and so usually I'm at my parents' house. Actually, they live pretty close by to me. And so uh, I've been watching with my grandma, actually, in my parents' basement. So um, that's brought some decent results, actually. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, tonight I'm writing it out in my own apartment. We'll see how it goes. Um, I, I Are,
2: are you going to try wearing... Are you gonna try wearing the shirt you wore for Game One, or like, um, what do you feel is go- What do you feel is going wrong? Why do like what did you do wrong for I'm, Game Three? i I'm game gonna four? try
0: consuming copious amounts of alcohol. Um, I don't know about the shirt thing, but there's definitely gonna be drinking, which I think is absolutely necessary. It's stressful to be in the World Series. Let me just say that it is stressful more than anything else. Right. Oh, trust uh,
2: me. I know. I'm a Giants fan. Oh, oh Jesus!
0: Oh disgusting. no! Ugh! Uh.
2: It wasn't. Too, it wasn't too stressful. Uh, right? you yeah, know, you stressful. don't
0: talk to me. you won three World Series. Don't talk to me about, uh, the Giants. Anyway, it's stressful to be in the World Series, especially, you know, with the Nats. You don't know if they're gonna get back there anytime soon, right? so what yeah I mean like it's hard to... look at your team well it's I hard.
2: guess Rendon's going to free agency this I... year but like you still have a bunch of young guys you just signed Corbin well, we, I, don't we know, do, I don't know I don't know but like
0: it still takes a lot just to get back right like we have a good team on paper yeah. but we had a good team on paper the past four times we went to the playoffs and, and then, we and then, blew and then, it all then... four times
1: Hey, like,
2: yeah, wh- I'm just saying it's. I'm just saying it's not like uh, it's not like the Royals where you know they were all hey man, a little bit older when, when and, Joe and you Ross know all their contracts. A
1: strong four sure. innings, two runs allowed, and it was gonna be a big contract, big money. God, going to Joe Ross. He'll, he'll be your third starter next season.
0: Here, here's how it's gonna play out. We're,
1: we're
0: we're we're losing. We're losing tonight. All right, we're losing tonight, and that's fine. Um, you throw Joe Ross out there. Uh, and then you still have Steven Strasburg in the chamber ready to go. Okay. And so you're, hopefully the report is that Scherzer can be back for game seven. Hopefully that is the case. Um, if that is the case, you know, you throw Joe Ross out there to the Wolves. Um, I don't know who the Stro's starting pitcher is. It's either Cole or Verlander tonight. It's Cole. It's Cole. All right. So you're you're losing the cole. If you steal one somehow, then absolutely fantastic. But in all likelihood they're gonna lose, right?
2: You know you know, you know here, let me help you, man. You know how I am with these predictions. Oh no. The Nats and Joe Ross. Joe Ross is gonna get that W tonight. By any means necessary. Any means. I I uh, to be honest, I think he throws a no no through seven.
1: Why would you say that? Now you're now you're
2: really like, I'm you're, I'm serious. That, you're
0: too much. Too much.
2: Through seven. Through seven. Maybe six. Ugh. But Joe Ross is, he's about to come out guns ablaze.
0: Joe Ross is going to let up two solo home runs in the first inning now just because you said that.
2: No. And the Nats are going to no. lose Watch, like could to two. You could thank me, you could thank me later. <sighs> trust, in, trust in Davey, man. Come on. Yeah. He knows what he's Davey's doing. Davey's
1: not hitting is. against Garrett Cole.
2: Yeah, Juan Soto is. Exactly. You make my point. And we all know what we'll think about Juan Soto. I mean, he's not Acuna. He's not Acuna, but, you know, he,
0: he, right, he can hit better. cold. <laughs> See, it's, I, I don't know. Like, like, going into this, you know, the Astros are obviously heavily favored. And it's like, if you had said, you know, like, you're 2-2 with the Astros, like, you would have taken that, right? Yep.
2: Exactly. make it a best of three
0: exactly. but like going up two and then dropping two and now yeah, that's yeah and now Scherzer's especially because the
2: two you go up this two you go up you literally beat the two best pitchers in yeah, exactly and now it's tied to two so yeah like you would think you would want to go up two zero like on their crappy pitchers and then they get the two on their good pitchers instead it was reverse yeah. so now it's kind of scary yeah
0: because then you know you go up two nothing. I was like, I was like, if they win Game Three, like I'm gonna be in D.C. for Game Four, and all this, and it's just, it's it's a uh, it's a mess. I don't I don't feel great about it. I don't feel great. I, I've already started accepting what's likely to happen, so we'll see how that goes.
2: So I think this is a good segue then for you know the you know how you said it's it's a crappy feeling to be in the world series we've had some very high stake tournaments going on lately uh you know these draft tournaments where we're seeing players you know we see a lot of complaints about the combine so the league has been generous enough to uh give uh, some different outlets so you could skip it potentially this year well not skip it you still have to get your games in but it it won't be important if you get these draft spots you get from winning these tournaments uh have either one of you been keeping up with those
0: uh i'm sure josiah (laughs) no
2: (laughs) i don't have much time
1: for things
2: well there's one in particular that josiah is very much a part of so
1: there's one tournament that will should have at the top of his to watch list you know right up there with the world series
2: um, yeah. Oh, that's why he. Yeah. Did you buy your ticket to go there
1: to the World Series?
2: No, to his tournament that he should be attending. I, I hope. We'll, I'm, I'm assuming ticket.
1: will bought the ticket.
0: His Texas ticket. It's this, oh, it's I was gonna say, ticket. is this a Mavs joke? If only,
1: only the Jazz had a tournament as well. Oh man. my god! would we'll be in heaven. No, um,
0: I I haven't been paying much attention. I I haven't been able to watch many of the tournaments i caught the uh i want to say uh, i caught the hornets finals but
1: haven't been able to watch much so. you should watch the you should watch the wgs invitational
0: oh yeah is that going to be a good one
1: it's going to be an excellent one what's lots of, it's gonna stuff, be person. lots of good stuff going on there both ps4 and xbox um wow. which is which is a rarity um, are, you, awesome.
0: are you guys are you guys gonna pick two point guards like every other every other tournament? It's been all point guards, so
1: we'll we'll keep track of his point guards. We'll <laughs> we'll just... definitely keep track of the point guards. Will,
0: which... I'm just pointing it Will, out. Will exactly. who's your favorite
1: point guard in the NBA 2K League? His one. who's your favorite point guard the NBA 2K League?
0: I'm not answering any of these questions. I don't respond anymore to these cuz it just doesn't make any sense. Really don't know where it came from.
1: Yeah, I, I, was just I know out. where the Maz one came from, the Jazz one it's just innately true. So that's where it came from.
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> no, the Jazz one came from cuz he was he was hyping up how he Last year, beginning of the year, when the Jazz were announced for the first pick, he, throughout the whole year, he's like, "See, I was telling you guys, like, it, it'll be very disappointing if they have two top three I mean, picks that's these, just these that's
0: just a good analysis on my part. I, I don't know where the <laughs> me being a fan of them thing came from. Out of that, <laughs> it doesn't actually follow any sort of rationale. It's just the Mavs. I don't. I don't even remember the, the, the Mavs
1: when you can logic.
0: Um what what happened? There?
2: No, the Mavs the Mavs is cuz at the beginning of the year you said how they're going oh, oh, yeah, yeah. to be playing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had them yeah. as a second. So there was a lot more fandom in that. That's yeah.
0: just good analysis again on my part. I had them as a the like, second seed and they that's were the second why you like seed.
1: Them. Think of think of what? think of an argument for maybe a person who doesn't necessarily historically like the Mavs and then argue with him and then you become a Mavs fan. That's that's how it goes.
0: Uh, didn't you say <laughs> Josiah that if that if Dimes had made the MVP ballot in season two, you would? Be I able I with it?
1: advocated for Dimes making the MVP ballot in season two. I did. I honestly did. Interesting. Um, Very interesting. I would not have voted for him. I did not vote for him. I think we all know. I think I said on this podcast I, who I voted for. Um, but I I would have been um, not opposed to Doms being on the ballot.
0: Very interesting. Very interesting. I was I was just pointing out from, I don't know, I was just trying to point out it's been all point guards so far selected for these spots. I wonder if we're ever going to get a non-point guard. I mean, I understand why the point guards are selected, right? But especially when you consider um, the teams so far who have made these selections, but yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you have any input in the selection? I'll tell you what,
1: Will, I'll tell you what, maybe we won't, maybe we won't pick a point guard. Maybe we won't pick a center. Maybe we won't pick a player who really fits into any one category. Maybe we'll just pick someone so out of the blue that, you know, maybe we'll just pick you. We'll just pick you, put you in the draft pool there and, uh... uh,
0: Would anyone
1: argue against yeah. that? I mean, <laughs> would anyone argue against that? Yes, the entire world, the entire world would argue against that. Um, 2K Analytics just, said for for the I the was cop. I just record, want The everyone. record obviously will, will not be picked for a draft full spot in the Warriors. Uh, I, but, 2K but, Analytics said I was cop. I just want to say that. I'm
0: he said I was a... Uh, Where
2: are... Yeah, dude. They just oh, so fell off the face of the earth, which is a real shame.
1: wolves and
0: uh, yeah. We miss them we do, every day. Yeah, Every single day. Um, I, I don't know what... will. it's tough. It's tough
1: to, you know, put together, a, it's the tough to put together a project in the community and stick it out.
2: It we is. Hey, we, 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 were, we were kind of... We were kind of... Stuck there for a second when Josiah first left us, we're like, man, where where'd he go? But now, uh, but now we're getting back on track. Yeah, and probably because there was no news or anything.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean.
2: And we have we have Will. Will is very uh, good at organizing. Will stays and and without that's Will. No that's doctor. certainly true. That's Will true. stays
1: on top of the point guards. <laughs>
0: I just want I what are we going to talk about with these with these tournaments? I'm well, ready to I don't know. I brought brought it, up? it up. Yeah, I, I brought it
2: up. Yeah, I brought it. just What, what, is, there I to, what is there to bring up? What is there to bring up? I just for me, for me personally, I think I just think it's interesting that the league is making taking steps to get more people uh give more people more chances to uh potentially get in the draft. Yeah.
0: No, I That's think it. it's
2: fine.
0: I think it's fine. I think it's good. Yeah. It's not it's not just about Um, getting people into the draft pool—it's providing you know official platforms outside the combine for teams to scout players, right?
2: Yeah, that's true as well because yeah, they, they um you know the first year the narrative was hey combines all that matters and last year we saw with the expanded draft pool. Yeah. That that actually wasn't the case at all. Case at all. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I do I do like that aspect too. This gives a chance for people to play against uh, other players and showcase it on a on a bigger platform. Yeah, for sure. We're like in an
0: era now where where pro am uh, resume matters again. So um, as long as teams are doing their due diligence and uh, they should be scouting as many of these tournament games as they possibly can. So. Um, yeah, I, I think in that aspect, it's it's real good for the league. And, and, you know, obviously you're getting some talented players in the pool. And so that's really all you can ask for. Um, and people can complain, I guess, about how many spots are available. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I, I, I personally think, you know, it's fine to have just a whole bunch of players in the pool and, you know, let the team's let let you know really sort out which teams are doing their homework and which aren't Um,
2: which teams are going to take styles at number four and which aren't wow wow Um, all right I mean sure
0: (laughs) wow (laughs) Glenn did not like (laughs) that pick Uh,
2: I just think the Pistons like uh, 2k17 point guards but it's all good I don't know See.
0: They got their, they got their point guard now. We'll see so.
2: in two K twenty. We'll see in twenty twenty. Will
0: we? Yeah, we will. I guess. Um, so yeah. Anything else? Anything else you want to mention, Len? You were in a finals.
2: Uh, I was in the Wizards Final Four, yeah. and then we choked. Oh. But uh, you know, it happens. It happens.
0: It does. It does happen. You could have met me. You could have
2: met me. I know. That's what I, I was really looking I could, for. I could, I could have I been looking, there in DC. I didn't want, dude. Forget the potential of getting yeah. a glass I wanted to meet Will Beverina, dude.
0: I mean,
1: <laughs> that was delivered
0: so. That's well. the <laughs> real prize.
2: Yeah. Seriously. Oh
1: man.
2: We could have got a wizard, We could have caught a wizard's game. You know. Oh
1: man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but I, I, I. I you know, you were there. You were ready to go. It was me. I uh, I came up one step short. So that's funny. That's on
0: me. I held up my end. That's funny. Um, Ooh. yeah. I I mean, you know. I... <laughs> Shall we move on?
2: I di- I didn't even get close to meeting Josiah at the Warriors. So
0: yeah. are they holding? Wait, they're the Warriors are holding the finals in New York.
2: No. No. What? It- in, in in
1: at uh 2K Studios in in 2K Studios in oh.
2: Novato What city? Are you going to be there Josiah? Nevada.
1: Are they flying you out? No. Novato. Oh.
2: You're not going? Uh hmm. I'm boycotting that. They've
1: more important people to fly out. Dang. Like the players because Warriors prioritize the players. Okay. Oh, that's <laughs> good. For <laughs> Josiah
0: as any more marketing pitches, um, <laughs> I, th- I think we the the discourse has 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 run. We had on, one. On the, the tournament
1: but if uh, but if you uh, if you don't want to bring it up, I, I respect your decision. I, just, I, don't, I
2: don't know, know what the, what was the topic.
0: Just now, what? No, no. There's oh no one other. Topic. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is one more topic. Yeah. One more topic. One more um. Topic. We, we we really wanted to talk about this. Yes,
1: um, yes, and this is yeah. this
0: is. Oh,
2: this I remember is, now. Okay. This is
0: tangentially related to the NBA 2K League, um, but Prestige Area just today it uh, turns out has been shut down. Obviously, the um, creation of you famous enough of heatcheck Gaming trying to provide a scouting platform a sort of ratings platform players were graded and and all this and they were uh updating it throughout the off season and everything and it was announced today that it was shutting down um after uh just a month or two unfortunately so um we don't know the whole story behind it um but uh josiah what do you um I'm I'm sure you have plenty of thoughts about uh what happened. Yeah, there.
1: I mean, one one has to to laud famous for um trying to maintain and trying doing maintaining the site um uh, while being the general manager and and head coach of the Heat. Um, it's it's always it's always 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 um. It, it's always a coin flip uh, in a sense in, in the, in the community when you're producing content that evaluates and rates and, you know, really says, really just makes any value judgment about players um, because some players, you know, you praise them, they, they quote, tweet, they push the, the content, they, whatever. Um, but if you've, and if you're negative about them, then your, your content is, is deemed trash. And, and uh that that was certainly the case in terms of a very explicit rating and evaluating system that the prestige area had up, um, and you know there, there's always room. Content content should not be sacrosanct in that it's you know it's perfect and unimpeachable. You know there should be you should one should be able to take issue with a piece of content or a rating or a uh, an article or an opinion um, and discuss it civilly, right? Attack, attack the idea, attack the opinion, attack the judgment in a in a constructive way, right? Bring bring proof. Don't just diminish and demean and degrade the overall platform, the very notion of you know producing content just because it isn't to your liking. Um, that it's, it's it's a very negative way to approach things. Um, it does a, a sum total of zero people any good. Because you know, if you're not willing to address criticism of your own game, you know, you're not trying to get better. Um, and so, it, it's a, it's a sad thing to see it shut down uh, so quickly. You know, assuming it doesn't get put up again, uh, which obviously we have to hope that it does. But you know, I'm thankful that um, Dimer is sort of operating in a very different sphere, has been able to weather the storm for a while, um, and uh, and and keep producing things. But you know, the the general motto is. Keep reevaluating. You know where where you see content, where you see content fitting into the two K league community, um, because if you're only willing to look at it through your own lens, through the personal lens of you know what does it what does it do for me, um, then then you're gonna need, you're gonna need a change of attitude.
0: Yeah, I mean that was that was well said, Len. I'm I'm interested in your perspective because uh, Josiah and I we don't we don't play two K competitively. You do. Yeah. um you're mm-hmm. uh were you on prestige area
2: no um, i asked a couple times yeah uh,
0: yeah i never got put on. Um, guys i played
2: with I but, were on it, but you're um, you're
0: on you're on both sides of the aisle here where you're a content creator and you're also a player um who gets judged on your play so um what's your perspective i guess on on all of that with tying that into what happened with prestige area
2: um, I think, you know, my, my only way to, uh, cause you know, we all watch sports, uh, and similar, similarly to that, uh, there's, there's scouting and, and things of that sort that go on. Uh, I think the big difference though, is, um, just the, 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 the base of players, um in the NBA that are being scouted is nothing like how, um, things are scouted in this community. Sorry, I'm just trying to find the right words, but like, so for instance, a lot of the critiques, um, of ratings on prestige area are, you know, typically from people on it or people who know people on it. Uh, personally or play with them you know what i'm saying it's like it's directly criticized by people uh it affects whereas like you know you see statistics analytics on espn and you know it's joe blow who who can't even make a layup uh complaining about it i think you know so i think there's far less effect in that aspect um but yeah i think that's just like the biggest thing with with this in general um I think it was great. Uh, I think any tool that can be used potentially by teams in the future uh, to reference or anything uh, to help players uh, reference themselves or to use uh, on their resume or whatever need be uh, in the future to try and get a job or, or things of that sort, I think they're great. But um, but yeah, things uh, can run its course uh, specifically in this community just because um, the the criticisms are so uh, first person, like it's you know it's why is my rating like that? Why do you you know why am I not on there? Why is this person on there when I beat this person? Why is this person higher than me when I beat this person? Um, type stuff, and I think that can wear and tear on on anybody. It gets annoying, and and you know it leaves room for thought of uh, believing that people may be ungrateful for things like that so you never truly know what you know what's happening behind the scenes and you know if the decision was made strictly due to annoying uh... uh being annoyed by uh, the people on the page or you know if people on the back end weren't uh, holding up their end of the bargain and keeping up with updating it you don't know what it could be uh, so i i, I don't want to fully scold the community and say uh you know, um, Hey, we, this is, this is a, this is a, uh, product, you know, this getting disbanded is a product of you being ungrateful. Uh, we don't know. Nothing officially was said as to why it was disbanded. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, but in general, yeah, th- th- I think that's my biggest thing is, you know, when it comes to scouting in this community, it's, you know, often the scouts are also people who are trying to be a player, uh, and trying to be get a league job and and things of that sort. There's nothing. There's no uh, definitive uh, specific lanes for for people trying to do specific things. So I think maybe that um, jumbled up all together can, like I said, ca- you know, cause something to, to to go the wrong way, go south. So that, that that's my take on it. I think uh, as Josiah said, like I, yeah, I think. Uh, if people were more receptive to um, criticisms and and things like that um, there'd be no uh, you know nothing wrong can really come from that you know with criticisms and and things of that sort all it does is is, uh, you know push you to uh, progress even if it's in areas where you feel like you don't need progression there's nothing wrong with trying to get better every day Um, so yeah I, 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 I think that's pretty much
0: you know my thought on it yeah like you like you mentioned it's a good point to bring up that we we don't officially know why it disbanded um but i think it's safe to say part of it was the uh i mean almost borderline harassment that comes from a lot of members of this community when it comes to content creation and analysis um, and and I think this should uh, uh, we should all have a larger conversation about how this community engages with that content and that analysis and in a lot of ways it's extremely unhealthy obviously it's more than okay to disagree um, the problem is uh, a lot of times in this community that disagreement isn't presented in a healthy manner. It's not presented in a civil way. Um, You see people try to like make lists, um, power rankings, things like that. And if you you have a player ranked low on your list, a lot of times that player is going to quote tweet it and say, this is terrible, or comment and say, this is terrible, or say that the person creating is clueless and, and didn't watch any of the games and um, all this stuff. And then a lot of times as well, it, like people can't just accept that an opinion is an opinion, right? Um, people always have to take it to some weird level where they say this person has something against me this person doesn't want me to succeed doesn't want to see me succeed this person is doubting me just like ridiculous stuff like that not everyone is out to get you okay not everyone is out to get you not everyone is against you not everyone wants to see you fail um stop trying to always create this ridiculous narrative around yourself about how everyone doubted you it's tired and played out at this point if everyone is doubted then no one is doubted okay it's like it's it's like getting uh almost beyond parody at this point um and so we need to realize that it's like i said it's okay to disagree but before you respond, think about whether your response is good for the long-term health of the community. Content drives interest in the league. Content drives interest in proam. okay? I, I, I mean, like, I was clicking on those Prestige Area articles. Um, I would go look at the ratings from time to time when they would post updates, things like that. You know, a lot of work, goes into that you know even just um what we do at dimer is a lot of work what they were doing at prestige area is a lot of work it's not to keep up with the website yeah Yeah. like it's 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 so much and like these are people who are mostly doing it just because like they're just passionate about Pro am, and they're passionate about the league, and and they like doing this, and you know they like interacting with the community, and you know just getting their opinions and their analysis out there. And so to to quote tweet someone, or like to constantly tag someone and say they're clueless, and and you know like it's so absolutely ridiculous to me. Um, and it, like their 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 needs to be um. A lot, uh, a much closer examination of how we engage with content, how we're engaging with analysis, um, and recognizing that for the long term health of this community, that we sometimes just need to pump the brakes a bit, right? Not everything is always about you. Sometimes an opinion is just an opinion, right? That person didn't put you know, that person didn't rank you 21st at your position because they have something against you. They just think that 20 people are better than you. And that's fine. Like, you don't have to say that it's personal or anything. I I don't know. Like, players just want to... People want to come up with all these excuses about why someone would rank them that way. It's like, oh, they just don't know what they're talking... Like, just just calm down. You don't have to engage with it, right? And, And, you know, if... Like, my number one advice, like, Dimer is we are in the business of giving opinions and giving analysis, and we do it on this podcast, and we do it on these articles. The number one advice I would give to anyone in the league is don't read any of our stuff. Don't listen to any of our stuff. Like, just just tune all that out. Like, the more you focus on what people are saying on Twitter about you and all that, like the more it distracts you from what you really need to be focusing on. And if it's, if you're a player in the league, what you need to be focusing on is making your team better. If you're not in the league, what you need to be focusing on is getting in the league. Right. So it's like some of the, the comments I see, and you see it from league players, highly regarded league players a lot right who like seem to take great personal offense to just like a simple opinion, a simple list. And, and like, just you don't have to, okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to just, uh, you know, like, just like 2k content creation analysis is a craft that people work on, right? You, you, you work on it and you get better at it. And it, like, just let let things you can let things go sometimes, okay. And it's it's better it's better for everyone if, in the long term, we are not shutting down voices, we are not shutting down content just because we disagree with it, just because we don't like our rating. It's better for every single person. So um, it, it's it's a real shame that Prestige area was shut down, um, and and I think it should. Uh, make us really, really look at um, how 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 we look at content and analysis. So um, yeah, that's that's why I have to say about one,
2: it. yeah, one w- one more thing. Uh, first off, I think wow, we we should charge um, five hundred dollars for for the media training we just gave this this podcast. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think it's the point that you hit on like even look at like when LeBron started, going zero dark 30 mode for the finals and stuff like paying attention to what media and things are saying can just affect your you know, you know your mental space and in a game where you you know that's strictly what it is um yeah I, I think my biggest thing is you know do your best to just keep playing your game and you know and trust that people are going to take notice and some people aren't going to like how you play some people are going to like how you play but if you're really trying to make this a career and play for a league that's backed by the nba um Yeah, understand that that comes with the territory.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I know... I I don't think I've been. I know, Len, you've been blocked by league players just because you have an opinion about them and their team. Like, come on. Like, not everything is personal, man. Not everything is personal. Like... (laughs) It,
2: it, and it's not like I see you make a three pointer, and I'm like, yeah, I still don't believe this guy can shoot. Right? It's yeah.
0: like, uh, like right. the the whole like everyone doubted me thing. Like it's such, it's so tired and played out. You're not special because you think everyone doubted you, and most of the time, no one has actually done that. You're just reaching really hard and reading too much into things. Like I I, I just get so tired when I see those posts. But I don't know. Um yeah, so uh, real shame about Prestige area. Um, anything else we want to talk about? I feel like that may have been it.
2: I think that's it. We could close out.
0: All right. Well, um, thank you, everyone, for listening. It was a long podcast, but uh, we, we had a lot to talk about. We, it's been almost three months since we've done this. So uh, uh, thanks for sticking around if you listened to the whole thing. Um, Josiah, tell the people where can they find you. And uh, all of your content.
1: Find me on Twitter. Uh, follow myself. Follow Warriors Gaming Squad. Follow Dimer. Um, you can read occasional news on Dimer for myself. You can read all the news on Dimer from Will and Len and the whole Dimer staff. Um, yeah,
2: Len yeah you can also find me on Twitter Uh, you can also find uh, my content and things that I'm doing on dimer2k.com but yeah my Twitter is at Len underscore 2k Um, yeah just trying to get back in the swing of uh, putting out articles and content uh, with all these uh, crazy moves and the league starting to uh, get back started so uh, yeah be on the lookout for for all that I'll have some more um, opinion pieces and stuff out I did some trade grades I think about a week ago. I got to update it with some more of these trades uh, getting pushed through. Uh, But then, yeah, I I have some other ideas in the works. So um, be on the lookout.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Will Beverina, B-E-V-E-R-I-N-A. And uh, follow DIMER at DIMER2K, Dimer2K DIMER2K.com. But if you are listening to this podcast and you don't follow DIMER, then what are you doing? Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back, I don't know when. Um, This was whenever we feel like it, I guess. Whenever we remember that we have a podcast, we will be back. So um, once again, thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will see you next time.